All right, pre-show shenanigans recording a week before Christmas. Uh, next next week, we'll be recording on Christmas Day. That will be exciting. Everett will not be at home for that recording, It'll so that will also just be interesting in general. Uh, exciting for you. We are, we are a week out from Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody that celebrates. But it is time where it's the annual debate. It's Christmas season officially right now. You will not get any judgment from us if you're blasting your Christmas music or you got the tree up, you got the lights up. You won't, you won't hear anything from us. But Everett, when is it too early? When, when is the official day that you're allowed to start listening to Christmas music? Because I think I have my opinion. I think I have my answer for the music. For the lights so, okay, situation, so lights that and could decorations, be I think it's different. All right. Yes. So personally, all right, th- this is this is this is it's a, there's a gray area for the music okay yeah well, let's I start think, with the music let's start i with think music. that if it's like you listen to it once maybe twice in the span between halloween and thanksgiving maybe three times like oh, it's yeah not i like won't playing, i won't judge you, you for that you can play it you can play it like a couple times like that's no fine you, but, but when you're starting playlist. when you're starting like the playlist and you're you're hearing it throughout like the day almost like multiple days a week post thanksgiving all right yeah, you yes. can you can listen to it, you know, here and there until Thanksgiving, but like when it becomes the primary music choice and over your other playlists, it's okay. I'm now starting to think as college students, this timeline might be shifting. So, so this is what I'm thinking because most college students, maybe there are some weird colleges out there, but for most most colleges, you have your finals after Thanksgiving pre-winter break. That's most colleges. Most. So under that scenario, when I'm about to enter my finals week grind, there's no way I'm bumping Christmas music. Oh, I was there's, bumping Christmas music last week. That that'll take me out of my rhythm. I need to be listening to some some hard. All I'm saying is I I did better with the Christmas. I like kind of did a little internal internal uh, you know analysis. I had exams where I listened to Christmas music and exams where I didn't. I did better on the ones where I listened to Christmas music. Okay, That's so maybe saying. we can break down some type of graph comparing yeah, can we the fuck around and find out graph decreases in average <laughs> score with or without without christmas now music. this is a debate now i did not intend to go down this path but for me personally before i take a test or a final i need to pump myself up a little bit in my opinion there gets to a point where there is diminishing returns on studying more let's say it's the night before you're cramming Wait, wait, hear me out. Hear me out. It's the night before and you're cramming. Okay. There's fuck. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Let's say there's eight. Screw it. Let's make an even number. There's 10 units of stuff you need to review for this final. And you are starting okay. the day before. Now, the bold way choices, I study, but yeah. 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 Bolt. Don't suggest this. Uh, but no. let's say you get through around seven chapters okay you got three left over but those are the three most recent chapters that you know you remember better than the first seven so you get through all your review stuff you check the time and it is 3 a.m okay in my opinion now you could have a different stance in my opinion you are better off closing the books go get your sleep let's say your finals at noon okay so you could wake up earlier try to wrap up those three things regardless I think you get to a point of diminishing returns. And I think this is a me thing, but I get to- Yeah, a we point got some opportunity cost analysis here. If I, if I want to truly exceed 
on this final. I don't need this additional studying. What I need to do is gain a little bit of confidence before this final and convince myself that I don't care that I haven't thoroughly reviewed these final three chapters. It doesn't matter because I'm so confident in myself that it do not matter. So for me, before I go into a final, before I go into a test, let's say I'm an hour out, I will start listening to the NFL Fox on theme song over but and that's over. But as like a stand, if you were a guy, like I feel like that's pretty like synonymous with I'm going into my exam. This is what has to happen. Now like I if- tell this to people and they look at, they start crying laughing. They are dying like, laughing. I when feel I like tell that them. that has had to have crossed. If you if you're a if you're a guy and you watch the NFL, like that has had to have come across your 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 mind at least once or twice. I imagine that one opening scene of Cam Newton in Seattle seeing the Legion of Boom running out of the tunnel. That's oh, okay. what I envision myself as as if I'm Cam see, Newton. I see, to go I see take the, on the Legion of Boom. I see the final. Fox robot. That's what I see. Yeah, no, I oh, that's, I, trust that's, me, I see that as well. When I hear that, <laughs> I just imagine that giant techno robot coming no, out. That's, of the that's the first thing uh, that comes to my mind. But I, I will be honest, like that was what I listened to during finals. See, NFL that's, Fox so, on repeat, so, which is the best NFL theme song. By yeah, the way. yeah, yeah, yeah. Blows obviously. ESPN and CBS out of the but, water. But I see, I only play that while I'm in between, like when I'm like two, three minutes away from the final, from where I'm taking it. Then oh, like your final walk to I'm, the it's classroom. It's literally my walk Got to it. the classroom. I now don't that's also a time. time where it needs to be. That's now, better. That's be- I don't play it any other time other than when I am literally walking to the exam. Like now, if, I, if I were to countdown. think of... If I were to think of my two other like go-to hype up songs, which they're a little a little unorthodox, I would say. Okay. But my first one is No Church in the Wild. That baseline gets me. Okay. That baseline gets me going. Okay. When I hear a little throwback Kanye, Jay-Z, and Frank Ocean, that gets me going. But the other one, which is slightly weird, and most people would be like, huh, that doesn't quite feel like a hype up song. I'm not even sure if you know this. Feel the love by Kanye yeah. and Kid Cudi. That song, oh, oh yeah, I'm 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 dropping. You're a feeling 90. the love. You're I'm dropping the love. numbies on this test. If I if I got a little, I could still feel the love. That gets me. That gets me <laughs> going. All right. If I got Kid Cudi saying See, here, I can still the feel thing. the love in my ears. Well, I'm gonna feel this 98 for me, on this test. For me, what my progression goes. All right, I'm walking. I'm out. I'm going to the exam. As I'm walking, it's the NFL theme song. Yeah, and I'm I'm picturing myself. I see the robot. I'm picturing myself. You know, you're getting off the bus, suit on. You get him saying though that Cam like Newton, walking he's down. Up, he's no, no, no. I, boom see, run out. Like, see, you got him on the field. I got him while he's walking to the locker room. That's that's. So the are you thinking like locker room Joe Burrow with the Cartier glasses walking into? Yeah, the yeah. No, room. that's got that's it. my that's okay. more my my vibe. Okay. I get okay. there. I get there, and I go immediately from that to more like I'm like playing like middle middle by. Uh, Oh, DJ Snake. Okay. Like that's then the vibe that that I go to. Not like super hype. Like I'm trying to bring down because you know we got the little performance curve, right? Too much stress, you're gonna do bad. Just the right amount of stress. Oh, I get what you're saying. We're gonna do well. All right, that's the psychology thing. Now, so, now personally, when when it comes to me, you know, hey, you know what they say. You you don't know how you're truly gonna be until you're you're in the crucible in the exam. itself. No, no. When um, when you're so, in the exam, you start staring at a question and you're just looking at it blankly. You're like, I swear to God, I I remember going over this, but I I have no idea what's going on right now. Yeah, I I mean, I would say like if I'm trying to put myself in that, I this is the worst thing. This is the worst possible thing, and this happens to me frequently. So I just had to test. 
I just had a final that was, in theory, three hours long. After about yeah. an hour of that final, I had a song stuck in my head that I was listening to before. I don't remember oh, what the no. song is. I, I don't exactly, but I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to guess it was like Hideaway by Chiesa, if you know that song. Yes, yes. And, and that shit was in my head. And that's one of the rare scenarios where it's like, I, I ge- genuinely, for me to get through this exam at my maximum potential, I need to take a five minute break, listen to the song in completion, and I could just put it away. But yeah, the only problem is you obviously, hey, hey, I don't know how ballsy you guys are out there, but personally, I do not have the balls to just whip out my phone. I'm not pulling up my phone. We're typically required to throw it on the, like, we either can't have it in the classroom or it's like across on the other side of the USC, they probably should implement that program if you are looking at the back row of students during any final exam at USC, but they don't do that. They do not do that at the University of Southern California. And cheating is uh, encouraged there, I would say. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, did not talk. Okay, back to the Christmas lights talk. I well, was saying the day after Thanksgiving is is acceptable, but we had a bet. We had a way better conversation there. No, it, it was lights and everything. I think. Well, you can put well, them up early November. Yeah, no lights, lights, lights no just the lights. We're talking lights. like those white lights, whatever, yes. like. You can start putting, you start seeing them do it in public, then all right, you go ahead. That's fine. But no we're talking problem. about like, you're bringing out like an inflatable snow globe. Yeah. Right, me, that, like that's the like inflatable Santa, the inflatable reindeers. Uh, that's post Thanksgiving. That's post Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Like, like that's like second week of December type shit. So, so what have we, what have we, what have we learned today? All right. You can put lights up early November. <laughs> You can somewhat listen to Christmas music. You can music listen to a Christmas song once a week. Maybe a maybe a couple of Christmas November. songs here and there up until Thanksgiving. Then once it's or good two after a that. week. Uh, Christmas music might help while taking exams. Maybe to be determined. Grant and I both visualize the Fox Sports robot when we're going to take our exams. Mine's more so Cam Newton, but the robot, yes. I get the robot. You I have the walk up, you have the the standing waiting for the walk out. Yes. That's, um and USC encourages cheating. That's uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you have seen that here. TikTok I made about Amon Ra being an academic All American, you know. Well, people you know, say it's people say it's fake. Say though, it's so. fake. Say it's fake news. But hey, go ask Amon hey. Ra. We'll find out if that's fake news or not. But okay, All right. What what a pre show time. I'm getting the real stuff though. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to an extremely important episode of the Waterboy Podcast. Today it is episode 179. And the first step to enlightenment has been completed ever. The Spanos family. Wait a second. Are we over half a year? From what? Three, six, five. So we're over. We've, we've, are we we, officially over over a year from what? I'm saying you can listen to us for over half a year every single day. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. We're past that that milestone. I'm just realizing that. Well, actually. No. I think it was a couple months ago is when we hit our. This is I mean, one, we started this in like January 2022. I think 183 is where it would have to be. 365 divided by two. So we're almost there. We're almost there. I, I mean, there are some things slightly weird though, because at one point we were just one a week. I don't know when we went to two a week to get those numbers. We'll have to dive into it. But I'm just counting this, this solo episode. The math isn't mathing, all right? Oh, save that shit for a different day, all right? That, that was way too complex. 
The Enlightenment stage is almost here, Everett, okay? The Spanos family has finally fired Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco. The Tom Telesco part's the key part here, folks. Tyler Glasnow has signed a five-year, $135 million extension with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and we have some transfer portal updates before the early signing window opens on Wednesday. So next episode, Thursday's episode, we're going to have a lot to discuss on the transfer portal updates and signing day, so that's going to be a big one. Uh, But... MLB, we're going to start off with the MLB hot today. After his five-year, $135 million extension, Tyler Glasnow is now a Los Angeles Dodger. He is inked up. The Dodgers currently, as it stands right now today, are $13 million over the luxury cap. So that is how things stand right now. There are some ways the Dodgers could possibly mitigate this, but... I don't know how many buyers we'll have for some of these players. So, I mean, it's it's kind of what's going to have to happen is you're going to have to basically not necessarily pay them to take them, but you're going to have to be like, hey. You kind of are. Yeah. But but I'm not saying like we're giving them cash considerations. I'm saying we're going to have to say, here, take Chris Taylor and take one of our better prospects yes. and we'll take some fucking depth piece just yeah. so that they, the money is gone. So we're yes. going to lose whatever trade essentially we do to get rid of them, and which I'm expecting is going to be what we do. I don't think they're, they're going to be on the roster. Well, this is the thing. Like if we're talking guys, so Chris Taylor in luxury tax numbers, he takes up 15 million this year. So he's our fifth highest paid player. This season. To be a essentially like a platoon rotation. He is a platoon guy. Yeah. So it is not worth the value at all. If, when we signed Chris Taylor to this extension, we were not under the impression that there would be a universal DH. And so pre-DH rules, we'd have to do way more switches and stuff. So I understand the value of having utility men on the team. But now with a universal DH, the value of a Chris Taylor, the value of a Who Kike has Hernandez also not been playing has well. Kike well, has well. been playing well. Yes, but it's more so just the thought of paying those utility guys can we can we get the contract numbers between ct and kike real quick so ct's getting luxury tax numbers which is what matters 15 mil a year kike this season luxury tax numbers he is down at because that's the comparison kike hernandez is currently not signed to the roster and if i were to guess we are not going to keep them that's why i i asked you if we had said because i didn't think that we had but he would be extremely cheap though. Uh, but like Chris Taylor, that would obviously be, you know, a big answer if we could get him off of our contracts. But as you were bringing up, we're likely going to have to give up one of our top prospects to get another team to take his contract. So it's really not that big of an option. So the way I look at it now is the Dodgers might just be spending one year deals and they will accept blowing over the luxury tax this year. So I was looking in past years. I believe the highest we ever spent in a single season was 2021. We had a Which 290 was million dollar payroll that year. We were like a hundred million over the luxury. We're tax. still doing pretty well right now. A few years after that. Too, well, that's so. what I'm saying. And last year we were under the luxury tax. I believe the Mets, the Braves and the Padres were over the luxury tax last year. And if you're over the luxury tax for consecutive years, then the penalty stacks larger. So because we weren't over it last year, our penalties won't be that great this season, which 
like yeah yamamoto is still on the table like he could we he, can go give him 300 mil i, it, so, I don't think it, it i don't think it, it wouldn't should. matter it wouldn't matter if we were gonna get stack penalties or not yamamoto would be on the table yeah like, so like from a financial perspective like the dodgers are setting up to go over the i mean also like also like the that's that's the thing. If we go over it this season, my assumption is going we to be we already are over it. So, no, no, like, but like I'm saying, you know, we stay over it. That's what more so what I'm saying is if we stay over it, uh, my assumption is going to be next season we will offload those kind of crappy contracts like CT and whatever. But I, yeah, I, would be I know surprised. Chris Taylor's under contract next season. Yes, so it'll be I, harder I would, to do it this year. I would be surprised if Chris Taylor, if if there's not somebody who who. You know, if, if Freeman does not try and go trade CT uh, before the season starts. The other thing that I'm going to be interested in too, though, is uh, Max Muncy. I know we just signed him to a, to a new deal, but he is older and I'm pretty sure it is a decently sizable contract for him for the third base. Honestly, right? not too bad. So we signed him to a technically a three year extension, but the last year is a club deal. Uh, but this season, Max has taken up $12 million in the luxury tax. Next season, he'll be making $12 million in the luxury tax, too. This is the way I look at it, though. With the way our lineup is kind of constructed, we are pretty lefty-heavy right now. So, Tani's a lefty. Freddie's a lefty. Alton so, here's lefty, my other question, Monsi's though. A lefty. Here's my other question. Now, we went over this before. So, Will, Will Smith, obviously, is coming up on his, on his contract year right he's still an r but he's coming up so on his contract here he is on the team for after this season another two more years so, so here's my question up on Rinsen i know we Mark. just signed i know we just signed muncie but would it be worth seeing if we could move will smith to third base you can bring up dalton rushing to be another catcher Cartaya. i just don't Cartaya know if he can well. play third but that might actually be what we're be looking at the now. best idea because I mean, the original the question thing was, is, though, do we do we even want to pay Will Smith third baseman? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Use as you said, we have him for two more seasons, right? Whatever. Yes, that's going to be counting this three seasons. So. That's that's going to be the biggest issue is within that time span with how the luxury tax works, right? After we get past that, when CT and whoever else is not a problem, we don't have to really worry about that. But between now and then, when we have to make the financial moves. Okay, maybe a Max Muncy situation, maybe a CT situation, right? If we can move Will to third base, that kind of solves the the luxury tax problem because he's still on R. We have him for a couple more years on R. We can bring up a catcher who prospect-wise is our best prospect uh, and then see see how things are, right? And people have, I mean, I know people are always like, well, Will Smith made the all-star as a catcher. He's still a good catcher. His frames are a problem, and he is he's so bad at framing. Hitter. And he this is, is another thing which we can't exactly dive into the numbers on this. And I don't, I don't have number, but I'm convinced Will Smith is just one of the most predictable game callers in all of MLB. Just he just calls the most predictable fucking pitches of all time. And like Austin Barnes is awful. He's so bad at hitting that it's like, no, you cannot be in the lineup. I. Kershaw stop bitching that you need Austin Barnes catching for you like just fucking accept that Will well, Smith is the catcher that's uh, you know that's why it would be nice to have one of these younger guys who are good at that to, no 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 well, well well this is the thing I have no idea how good well Cartaya is dead to me 
but I have no idea how good rushing is at catching. I have no, 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 neither was good, but he's at literally catching. The the other thing too, though, is let's, let's play the hypothetical here, right? Like for reference, Kevin Parada already has a faster pop time or quicker pop time than Will Smith. But let's, let's maybe bring him, bring him home. Uh, Let's. He's not a Dodger fan. He hates the Dodgers. Oh, fuck. All right. never mind then. Please, God, don't tell me he's like a, a Giants fan or some shit. Angels. So. All right. Okay. Well, then now I have to feel bad. Now I have to feel bad. Feel bad. He's really sad. Shohei's a Dodger. Like really sad. <laughs> um, but I mean, look. Even then, you know, you can sign a guy to a vet minimum deal. Like you still move Will Smith around. Like. I mean, also just the, the thing. The one, for last season's perspective. The big advantage in having Will Smith on a last year was making $2 million a year. So at one point, until the All-Star break, Will Smith was literally playing like a top 20 hitter in baseball. That's right. when keeping him, that's when the batting payoff outweighs the fucking literal catching trade-off, okay? When Will Smith started the half, yeah, fuck yeah, he is worth every single penny. I do not care how bad you are at catching. But second half of the year when Will Smith reverted to just an average hitter and then he's also a below average catcher, now there's no value. Now there's no reason. Now there's no steal having him on a $2 million contract. Now he's just the equivalent of a fucking Austin Barnes. And so Will Smith, this upcoming season, this might be a big, this might be a big like make or break year. If he underperforms next season, fuck yeah, we should trade him because he's, he is estimated to make 10 million this season. From our I, I I I just which means uh, if he plays well, he might be 15 next year. Like last year of Seeger and Arb, he made 25 mil. Do you think that, that judge we, ruled you, like did you, you see him in the World Series? He's getting fucking 25 mil. Do you think that if we moved him to another position, that our value would go down? A thousand percent. So because then why he's not? playing catcher. Well, well, this this is this is what I also look at. Will Smith. His value is being one of the best hitters in baseball at the catcher position. So the way I look at it is at your premier fielding position, center field, shortstop, catcher, I'd actually prefer the better fielder over the hitter, but it's when you can get a Corey Seager, despite how fucking awful he is at fielding. If you can get a premier hitter, a top five hitter in the sport at a premier position, well, pay them all of it. This pay is, this all is the thing. It. All right, so for third base... It's just because that's what we're talking about right now. It's third base. That's I'm not that's sure really... if I pay Will Smith like 150 mil. No, 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 no. That's that's fair. But we're saying for the time and being and the question and being right. Let's just think about the way Will Smith is better hitter than he is fielder, right? Better in framer, right? But the nice thing about third base, you don't do a whole lot. At oh, third oh, base. a thousand percent. So thousand if percent. he can figure out how to catch a ball without a catcher's mitt. Which is a big ask. It, like, it, that's it a is big a very ask. big ask, right? Like, but hey, if, I'm just saying, you know, as a guy who did not did not play baseball at a high level myself, I don't know how, you know, now, Mookie now, Betts is built look, different. We, okay? we, he we can are, casually just go play second. But we, we I don't are, know. We are talking about, you know, moving on from Max Muncie, should that happen? And obviously, did Muncie play well-ish during the stretch last year? Yeah, all right. As he Has he made impacts? Yeah, okay. But... When it comes to contract, just casualties, like luxury tax casualties, 
that's one of those things where if you can move pieces around, you're not losing a whole mo- a whole lot if you can put another guy who's a good hitter in there and keep him in the lineup every day. So, I mean, that's that's my personal opinion. And, I, and you know, we, we still talked about you want about a veteran's presence or something. And I'm just saying Jock Peterson is still a free agent. But, oh, I love um, Jock. The, my one thing where I can kind of, you know what? I'm ready to officially announce it right now. The Dodgers will not sign Jock Peterson. Um, oh, yeah. Like we signed okay. Jason Hayward to a $9 million deal to be our lefty outfielder. Like we're not getting Jock. Like, and we did that Hayward move before Otani. So, like, we decided as an organization that Jason Hayward's going to be that lefty outfielder. Like, we decided that preseason. It's going to be him and Outman. You think we can teach Jock how to play? Uh... I don't think it works like that. I don't think it works <laughs> like that. I wish it did work like that, Everett, but I don't think it works <laughs> like that. Uh, like, I'd love for Jock to be playing third for us. Uh, you think he can become right-handed? Like, can, is that another option? Well, no, no, no. Keep him lefty. Keep keep him lefty. I don't want but him I'm to saying, I'm saying we can put him in the outfield and just make him righty, hit right. Oh, I'm saying just I don't, force I, him I don't want him. I, I want that lefty swing. That fucking, that jock swing, man. That, <laughs> God, I miss it. I miss it. So okay, so then can we, can, we, can we teach Hayward how to hit righty? Hayward's so bad at hitting lefty already, despite being <laughs> 6'5", 250, that... I mean, it. He's hey, thirty-five. Hey, we got Nelson it's too Cruz late now. to make him. We switch. got Nelson Cruz now. True. You actually, you have a point there. I got a uh, point. Like straight up this season, it's like there are some additions that we made that people aren't even noticing that we just made from injuries. So like Chris we're Archer. adding Walker. Well, well, he's Hired he's him. on staff, but I'm talking well, like Walker so Buehler just like additions. just on the team now, and so is Gavin Lux, and, and it's like shit lux might be the long-term answer at third base fuck i don't know uh, like like straight up in well, right now first. right now you know like we, we were talking we're gavin we, we, we previously fan. we had previously talked about how you know gavin lux you can't send him out here there to be every single day at shortstop because he just might not be ready for that yet because we thought kike was still here kike is not here so now gavin lux is the every single day starter at shortstop because we don't have another guy to put out there yeah, I mean, Rojas is still on roster, so he'll oh. essentially oh. be that guy to fill in for Lux. Okay. But it's, yeah, if I were to guess to start off the year, Lux is going to get righties, Rojas will get lefties, they'll be platooning at short, uh, Outman's in center, Hayward's in right, left field is a platoon oh, no. job. Right uh, now, CT. Muncie at third, second is Mook, Freddie's at first, Will Smith at catcher. And then Otani DH. I also did read though, Otani is the one who suggested this, which means it's probably going to happen because, like, we're now at the stage where if Otani asks to do something, he does. It's, it. it's happening. It's yeah. going to happen. Like, if he requests anything, it's going to happen. So Otani said for this season, when he gets cleared to throw, he wants to play left field and not DH, which makes me think, like, I don't know how long that's going to take. Like, and it's gonna, be, might not it's gonna be, be a able, while. Yeah, like I'm gonna assume that even if he does it clear, that ain't happening till like fucking August. So is there any value in signing a JD Martinez right now on a one-year 10 mil to no. kind of wait to be DH? I don't really see the value in it. No. Cause also, I mean, like, let's think about this just hypothetically. 
Breaking, USC just got a four-star D lineman to commit. Lincoln, what? Lincoln, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're getting D lineman commits? Fuck. Okay, back back to baseball. Uh, I'm assuming that that, that DH spot most likely it's gonna will be, be It will be Otani, and if he ends up wanting to play left, then that spot's either going to be we're going to call some dude up to literally just DH. Maybe it's... Um, I mean, DeLuke is gone now. Maybe it's maybe it's Michael Bush. Um, or we straight up just go trade for a guy at the deadline. when he sign gets a guy. Actually, a guy. that's that's what's going to end up happening. We're going to yeah. wait for Otani to get cleared. It'll be probably, hey, it'll hey, probably you think be we deadline can, day, you think and it'll we be can, like in a month Otani's cleared. So you let's think go we can there. convince him to take CT in that trade? Breaking news, Dylan. Okay, we we got a college wall. Breaking news, Dylan Rayola has officially flipped from Georgia to Nebraska. Okay, I think this, oh we're time to wrap God. up. It's time to, to wrap Nebraska? up. Nebraska. It's time to wrap up the MLB Dude, what's segment. What's Matt Rule doing? Uh, last thing I just want to say. Last thing I just want to say, real quick. Uh, I am hearing we are not going after Blake Snell at all, which makes me a little bit sad because he's the best available lefty starting pitcher. That makes me think though that. We might actually be re-signing Kershaw to another one year, which I do not want. Well, if we get if we get Yamamoto, if we get Yamamoto, it doesn't really. We don't need Kershaw. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So let's not let's not think that way. Yeah, no, I will say that just right now on paper, like we do, we can fill a starting rotation, and Sheehan's the fifth. We obviously don't want Sheehan to be the fifth this season, but like right now, like we have a serviceable starting lineup or rotation we have a serv- serviceable rotation if we added a yamamoto or a snell in there then we would be l- like walker would be the game three game four pitcher and so that's the potential i'm thinking of but like i'm hearing we are going all in on hater and if we can if we can get that arm oh yeah i'll take that i'll take that like i arguably might rather have hater on like a three-year 30 than Yamamoto. All right, like, calm arguably. down. Calm down. Just because Yamamoto will be 300. And there's just such little flexibility moving forward. But who is a better player? Now, just based off the numbers, it should be Yamamoto. What he's actually doing right now is ridiculous. And people are trying to be like, well, look at how other Japanese guys have came over and how they've pitched and like we're looking at like Hinjin Ryu's like fucking Kenta Maeda's like fucking Tanaka's and like none of them have exactly been that great but it's like it's like when Shohei was joining the MLB like it it was a holy fuck once in a generation prospect here and that's what we're hearing about Yamamoto so no yeah give me fucking Yamamoto I misspoke there but like if we copped hater and Yamamoto went to the Mets. I mean, we that, get that's taking. I'm not. Sh- well, I just said I'm not sure. Considering that we did spend 290 million when the luxury tax was like 190 that year, like yeah, both are still on the table. CT, we'll see you later, buddy. Like the thing about CT is, hey, do you think next season we do you think? Him, do you think that hard? We could sell Cartaya and CT together. Well, that's what I would do. That, that's the trade that's that the I move. would be trying to make right now. That's the move. I would go CT and Cartaya and let's go. Let's try to get it. Let's try to get a baller. Like, like, let, let, let's try to get like a fucking 
a Kumar rocker. Like, like, like let's go get a fucking stud. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, but okay, we uh, we gotta talk about college football now. After that fucking news just dropped, Dylan Rafa, who formerly wasn't a thousand. Uh, overall rated player was committed to Ohio State. I believe he actually decommitted from Ohio State like about a year ago right now is when he decommitted from Ohio State. Uh, but Dylan Rayola, after now flipping his commitment for the second time, now from Georgia to Nebraska. Yeah, Dylan Rayola, this is now the third college he has been committed to in the past 12 months. If you also count high schools, I believe this is now the seventh institution academic institution that he has either attended or committed to over the past three years so um here's my question he's at a high school in georgia right now right yeah i mean let's break down exactly where he moved specifically so so he could be in state for so he started off in arizona and i don't exactly remember where he transferred to but he went from arizona um just bouncing around high schools in Arizona. And that was when he was committed to Ohio state. He was still in Arizona. I would say around he decommitted from Ohio state a year ago right now. I'm not sure when he recommitted to Georgia, but I know come like March, April time, 2023, this season, Dylan Rayola's dad, who is a Nebraska legacy, Donovan Rayola. He played offensive line at Nebraska, played in the NFL for a long time. Dylan Rayola's uncle is also a coach at Nebraska currently. So there's obviously heavy family ties there. His dad played at Nebraska. That's all you need to know. Uh, And for anyone who was unaware of the legacy of Nebraska football and college football, we, I've seen some comments out there. We've got a couple people who are literally 12 years or younger because they've only seen Ohio state lose three times in their life for those people you're not going to believe what I'm about to say, but Nebraska used to be really good at one point. Nebraska used to be looked at how we looked at Clemson in the 2010s. I know, I know, I know it's literally incomprehensible. You, you cannot fathom the thought that Nebraska was a powerhouse at one point, but they were. Look it up in the 90s, folks. Look it up. Uh, they, if you know what the 90s are, let's start there. Yeah, yeah, I, we don't. But Dylan Rayola in that March april time he had committed to georgia already and in that process he also transferred from i believe pinnacle or not pinnacle maybe chandler or chaparral or somewhere i'm not gonna know he transferred from there to buford in georgia which is one of the top powerhouse high schools in the state of georgia but there has been a long time belief among georgia fans that they can't get buford kids now buford is in georgia but This year, Buford had three five-star players on their team, none of which are committed to Georgia. So Dylan Rayola, they, if it were up to me, Kirby Smart called up, called up the Rayolas after they gave him their NIL package over Ohio State. They called him up and said, hey, we need to get this guy, Edric Houston, DN, who's currently committed to Ohio State, but he's taking an unofficial visit to Alabama, and I'm deathly afraid that he's going to flip. But Edric Houston is a five-star there, and K.J. Bolden is a five-star safety. Now, K.J.'s currently committed to FSU. Edric's currently committed to Ohio State. But I'm genuinely under the impression that Kirby Smart sent Rayola to Georgia to flip Edric Houston and K.J. Bolden to Georgia. That that Well, and, uh, and the, the wide receiver from Ohio State, too. Jeremiah Smith? Right. He's not on Buford. 
But wasn't wasn't that originally an intent? It was to was to try and get Perhaps, him with them. Uh maybe. I know Jeremiah Smith, his recruitment has come down primarily to Ohio State, Florida, Florida but he State, is, and he Miami. Is, he is committed currently to Ohio State. Yes. Yes. So Jeremiah Smith, I am way more concerned about Miami and Florida State than a Georgia. But the thing about him is so. Ohio State's been recruiting his seven-on-seven team extremely hard. Uh, South Florida Express, my bad. South Columbus Express, sorry, my bad. Misspoke there. And so their quarterback is Air Noland. He's the lefty committed to Ohio State. He's enrolling in January. He, like, literally after that Kyle McCord mission game, I think at halftime of the mission game, he was like, I will be early enrolling. I will be in Columbus on January. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I will be there. Do not worry, Ohio State fans. I'm coming. But I got you. He's Jeremiah Smith's 11 on 11 quarterback. And so that would have been the guy to go after if you're Georgia. But they already had Rayola committed. Not anymore, clearly. But that's what they thought. Uh, but Carson Beck, been is, going, jumping Carson Beck did also announce earlier today he's coming back. Which was expected. It was no, expected, it, it was, but, but... Rayola wants to start year one, and yes. Rayola goes to Nebraska, he's starting. So, Dylan Rayola Which is, by the way, I mean, we had talked about this the other week, and we were like, hey, we saw the, I saw this report that Dylan Rayola might go to, to, like, he's got crystal ball to Nebraska. And you're like, no, nah, don't, don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry, it's not not going to happen never going to happen and that was at the same time kyle mccord was was taking visits there the moment kyle mccord didn't transfer to nebraska we, we should have known. known right away this is what was going to be the outcome yeah uh so we'll, we'll get we'll get into honda actually yeah we can bring up my honda now yeah my honda is now the starting quarterback for the syracuse orange uh another development julian fleming so out of high school he was the number three player in his class from the state of pennsylvania I don't exactly remember how the recruiting battle exactly tied down to, but I'm assume Penn State was pretty involved there at the end. He is now crystal balled to go to Penn State. And from what I heard, all rumors, all speculation, I heard that Julian Fleming himself was like, I am not fucking playing with Kyle McCord. Uh-uh, we are not going to the same place. And Julian Fleming was like, wherever Kyle goes, that is off the list for me. So all speculation, all rumors, I don't know anything for sure. Uh, but... I was hearing some bowl practice stuff, and this is from last year's bowl prep, okay? So Ohio State is going to the college football playoff, and in the battle for the backup job, they had Devin Brown and Kyle McCord facing off behind CJ. Right. From that bowl prep a year ago, before this season, every review or quote that came out of that camp was like, wow, this Devin Brown kid is fucking something. Never anything about Kyle McCord. Never anything about Kyle. It was all Devin Brown. And what I'm also hearing from this bull camp is that many of the receivers, Emeka Egbuka specifically pointed this out. He said, yeah, we used to always joke with Kyle that, you know, Devin, Devin's just much more athletic than him. And Kyle's kind of like a moving or, or so kind of like a, a just, sitting duck about there. Just, just there, interesting here. Just interesting here. So, I mean, Dylan Rayola. Obviously, we'll I, going on three as and rated as a four star, but he's a five star. Okay, um, but just going off of what on three has for Nebraska's commitments for this this class, twenty uh, second in the nation overall. They have one five star in Dylan Rayola, and they have one, two, three, four, five, five four stars. So they have a pretty decent class 
including multiple O linemen and a tight end. Huh? It's I. I mean, but like for it being Nebraska and where Nebraska's been at in the Big Ten, like yes, yeah, oh, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nebraska. More so the they, point. They're gonna need to recruit. It's like it's like it's like if Rutgers were to get a good class, would you say that Rutgers has an amazing class? No, you'd be like, all right, so it's okay. But for Rutgers, it's it's incredible. For Nebraska, this is incredible. Well, I I will say one thing that I'm trying to take us back to. There was a time period where Nebraska was a powerhouse and no yeah they want to get yes. back there uh, no and that's why they hired matt rule but but i'm gonna be honest i when they hired who? matt rule uh, you can say it i'm saying it the right way matt rule matt ruley thank you say his name correct thank you <laughs> matt rule matt rule Lee, uh, thank you what <laughs> like he did he did like pretty well at baylor and that's how he got the job in the nfl uh, and he was able to build that program, but I, I was going to be surprised if like, Nebraska is much more of a challenge than Baylor. Baylor is, and I mean, like you oh, can yeah, convince it's only going to get harder. No, yeah, you can convince people to go to Baylor. Baylor's in Texas, you know, just like the general route, like whatever. Great academic institution, Nebraska. It's, it's Nebraska. Like it's there's oh, a oh. pretty stark stark drop oh, oh, off oh. there, so. Don't need to remind me twice as an Ohio State fan, geographical location when you come to recruiting. Don't need to remind me twice. Uh, but no, no, I, I get what you're saying there. Compared to the past shit they've been doing, this is way better. I'm saying Dylan Rayla, this may be the first domino to fall to really get some momentum rolling here. If they can add a couple of wide receivers, which is probably, it is easier to do through the portal. And they've got a, so, they've got a tight end commit too, so... Yeah, I mean, that might just be Rayola's guy in two years. Uh, we'll see. But if it were up to me, kind of the way I'm looking at it from Rayola's perspective, like he has a transfer. So in, like you tell me, what would you do here? You're the number one quarterback in the class. Nebraska, he'll be starting right away. Georgia, he won't be starting. I can, I can really understand year. going to Nebraska and just starting. Now you could tank your fucking stock. Look at what Dante Moore did, but... Also, looking at Dante Moore, he's still like the number three player. Yeah, he's still going to go the transfer somewhere. portal, despite being awful last year for UCLA as a true freshman. So, in reality, you can't even really tank your stock that much getting thrown in there as a true freshman. So, fuck it. I actually understand it completely. Dylan Rayola, yeah, go start year one. Yeah, if it doesn't I, work I, out, I, just transfer and you'll be the Georgia starting quarterback in two years. Simple. Well, it also doesn't even have to like his whole plan could have been okay. I'm going to play at Georgia, and you know, if things go go great, like maybe I'll leave Georgia too. Like that's just kind of seems to be the way that a lot of players are uh, are approaching things right now. Is you'll play the first year, and then you know, if, if you don't go, like like Dylan Dylan Gabriel, fantastic for Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma was competing, and he still left. I mean, Oklahoma fans are are oh, he, 100%. oh my god. Dylan Gabriel is public enemy number one in Norman right now, and I don't blame him yeah. at all. Uh, and arguably, arguably, you went from a easier conference to try and win next year to oh, bro, they're going to the SEC hard. next year. Oh, 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 that's right, that's right. Oklahoma that's right. is. I, so for, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. I thought they were. I forgot they're they're, they're so moving cool. to the SEC. We we also play them next year. Fun fact about that. Oh, um, little Real welcome quick. wagon. Is it just Tulane? You have your out of conference with an SEC team every year. 
Or that could be it. That I, I can't. Oh, well, well, you no, have to no, actually no. no, that can't be because Oklahoma. Last year, yeah. last year, last year we played uh, only K State. Like that was. Our oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, never SEC mind. Team. Never mind. Our home at home, our home and homes are are like. But funny, fun fact though. Next year we play Oklahoma and K State. Uh, so we got a we got a we got a heavy heavy hitter schedule for for. Uh, you G5 have a home team. and home with both of them. Well, we had a home and home with both of them. But- uh k-state this is our second game of the home and home last okay, uh, last year we played off. away no no, no la- this yeah I, I guess a year off at oklahoma this will be two years in between um so this season last season we played a home game at oklahoma because of the hurricane so now i we're mean playing just, in just oklahoma for, again uh just for like ohio state like in terms of future opponents like they set this up years ago but like Ohio State set up a home and home with Georgia and Alabama from 2026 to 2030, which are a million percent getting canceled. Because why the fuck would you? Well, yeah, Minnesota. I saw uh, Minnesota did one with Alabama for like 2034 and 2036. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way that that's getting it's staying. Well, that for way. them, that that's probably going to stay on. But I'm saying, like, if you're a USC right now, can't cancel anything you have with, with SEC. Fuck that. You already got a schedule to get through in its own right. Like, fuck that. You're not you're not playing that too. But okay. Well, actually, we can quickly bring up USA real quick. Malachi Nelson has entered the transfer portal. Uh, former number one quarterback uh, in his class. He just finished his true freshman season. He may have redshirted, but just finished up his essentially first semester on campus. He has entered the portal. Now, Will Howard from Kansas State is crystal balled to transfer to USC as well. But Miller I think he's Moss officially might, committed. Okay, but Millipops might actually be the starter. Now he will have he will have a little bit of a showcase in the Holiday Bowl against Louisville, which is not not going to be an easy task. But Miller's going to have a little bit of a showcase here to kind of show what he can do. And hey, hey, Miller's odds of being the starting quarterback for the USC Trojans has gone up a has lot. Only gone up. Nelson leaving. Uh, so I'm kind of. You know, I'm now, not. I, I'm not going to say that yet. Now but. we know. We know. Like Lincoln's not going to start a, a true freshman. That's not unless happening it's way. unless he's talented. Yeah, like what we were diving back to that list. Like most of Lincoln's quarterbacks are old. So yeah, they they they've had a year or two underneath their belt. He likes he likes his transfer quarterbacks. Let's put it that way. He oh, yeah. likes the transfer quarterbacks. The only one that I think he started as a true freshman was Caleb. I think Caleb started that year when yeah. we played, cause he came into the game when we beat the shit out of Spencer Rattler. Um, and then Spencer came back in, but uh, we still lost the game. Fuck you refs. But um, yeah. So, so I, it's really going to be whether or not Miller decides to stay and how he plays in this bowl game. Like this is a very big, I, he knows this, but it's a very big game for him. Um, if he plays great, like either he's going to find a job somewhere else or he will have made his mark with Lincoln as to why he should be the starter. Oh yeah. Like regard. And like, keep in mind too. What you like, just brought up, like this is also a showcase for the portal. If he hits that. Too. Yeah. So and, like, this- like also if you're Lincoln Riley, you know that too. And you know, other, t- like, you know other teams are going to be, I, like, calling him up, be hey, like, hey, hey, we want you to be our guy. I have no confirmation on this on my own. But if I were if I were a betting man, I'd go on a limb and say Miller Moss has been contacted by a school to transfer already. I, hey, I'm just going to go out and say, just I'm, I'm just going to, I don't know. I'm just going to guess. I don't know. I, I would guess that's happened. Uh, but just, yeah. just like, just like, you know, previous years, I know a certain quarterback for a, a certain team who was contacted by 
several teams in season uh, about leaving. I will just say, say though, who, from, not no names, but from from Miller himself, he he did tell me that when he was at those high school quarterback camps, the only two guys that he would admit were better than him were Caleb Williams and Kyle McCord. Those are the uh, only two Michael guys. Pratt. Well, I don't think he was in those those camps. He's he he's a year older, right? He's our year. Yeah, so this is a year below. Oh, wait, wait, is Miller a year below us? Oh, okay. He's, He's, oh, that is right. Yeah. He's older yeah. than me, younger than you, but he was like, uh, yeah, I got you. Caleb, I'm pretty sure, is older than both of us. I know he's older than me. I think he's older than I you. don't think he's older than me. I think he's 2002. I know he's 01, but I, I think he might be. So no, he, he is 01. He is a month almost to the day younger than me. Oh, okay. But yeah, like they're all older. Like, yeah, Miller's older than me. <laughs> But yeah, uh, but, but uh, yeah okay. no, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I have one last thing. Uh, got a shout out. Plug your ears. Got a shout out the University of Ole Miss. They are destroying the transfer portal. This might be the the greatest net gain uh, from a transfer portal I've ever seen. And yes, I'm saying over over the Caleb Williams USC class. I'm saying over Florida State last season. So they have a crystal ball in for the number one player in the transfer portal, the only five-star technically, according to 24-7, Walter Nolan. They also have the number one and number two edges in the portal already committed. They have the number two wide receiver in the portal committed, and they have the number four corner in the transfer portal committed. Ole Miss, they have hit that, they have hit that shit hard. They have hit that hard. Uh, if I have my mat, I'm pretty sure uh, Quinshawn Judkins will be there for another year. He was only a true sophomore, yes. so yes. wow. Uh, it if my man Jackson Dart, if if my man Dart can get it going, oh man, Ole Miss, they could they could really be something next year. I I congratulations, Mincy. Congrats. Uh, but yeah, that, that those were the transfer portal recruiting updates I had. That Dylan Rayola flip, wow, holy shit. Okay. Uh, it's time for a quick little, quick little college basketball segment. Uh, and then can, we'll I, can I just say something real quick about uh, the MLB, which we didn't get to talk about? Oh, yeah. One, one. Uh, so the uh, the Giants just signed uh, Young Ho Lee, right? Remember okay. that? Yep. On the graphic they posted for that, uh, the Dodgers were beating them six to five. On the graphic. With a minute. Wait, on I'm the, so confused. What, what? What? So on the graphic that they posted saying Jung, yeah, Young Holy has signed, in the background of the stadium is the Jumbotron that has like his face and everything. Like he's oh, the so they just have a cutout of like that. Giants AT and T Park and the yeah. So so they 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 had a cutout with the camera angle right, and they have a big Young Holy in the background. They have like his face like he's up to bat, and then they have the scoreboard below it. The scoreboard is a Giants Dodgers game. The Dodgers were winning six to five on the scoreboard. That was not edited out. I follow now. I understand now. Uh, yeah. Uh, keep on taking L's, uh, Giants. I think the, the 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 department there was just like, fuck. They beat us with 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 Shohei. Like, fuck. Like, yeah, fuck I, you I management. Mean, um, I, I was hearing the the other team that gave a comparable contract to Otani with the deferrals was the Giants. Yes. Uh, I heard it was just us and the Giants. Maybe, just, maybe there was another team funny. on it too. But uh, the other thing that I wanted to say, as uh, 
uh, an LA, I, not as native as Grant, but as somebody who was raised in LA. Native, yeah, um, you're still just we'll as native, native as me. Um, Kobe Bryant obviously means a lot to the city and to everybody who grew up in LA. And obviously means a lot to a lot of people oh, abroad, especially especially in, in Asia. So it's just amazing to me for the that the Dodgers managed to get this and keep it and keep it totally under wraps. Um, a message specifically for Shohei Otani to use at this critical moment from Kobe Bryant saying, Hey, Shohei, come sign with the Dodgers. And it means obviously so much either way, but also it being post humorous, like yeah, no, I mean, I mean more. that's just, that's just a great, like, that's just an amazing thing for just, not just the city, but also to see how much it, it mattered to show. Hey, and, and matter. It's just the fact that that, like that video is never yeah, being publicized, yeah. but it's, it's never being publicized. It's never going to come out. It was, it's solely yeah, it's just, for just for show. Hey, and that is just amazing. I'd say one, one thing real quick, you know, don't want to, don't want don't want to make it too sad. We're we're celebrating the good parts about Kobe, but like just as an LA spokesperson, Kobe Bryant was unreal. Like when when the Lakers were at his peak under Kobe, like the other sports teams in LA were not that not that great. Now I know the Kings did have like a like a two peat like around yeah. the time, but, yeah. but we all no yeah. one gives a flying fuck. Uh, like Kobe's not going to support the Kings. You and I will care one day. You and I will care about the Kings one day of the year. That's it. Oh, oh, one day of the year. Yes. One day of the year. And it's not even necessarily the Kings. It's more so the over, but, uh, (laughs) but like Kobe just as a spokesperson for LA sports teams, what was phenomenal. Uh, One of my favorite Kobe memories. Now I know you don't have the strongest opinions of Manny Machado, but I will always appreciate Manny Machado because, yeah, he's a piece of shit, but he was my piece of shit at one time, damn it. So I will always appreciate Manny Machado. And when he joined the Dodgers, now you we've obviously, we've iconic story of when Powell got traded to the Lakers, Kobe like flew out to go meet him in his hotel room, let, like meet up with him in person the day of. And Powell was like, that's something I will never forget that Kobe was willing to go out of his way to just make me feel welcome when I joined. But also for literal new Dodger acquisitions, like Manny is calling, or not Manny, Kobe is calling up Machado like, hey, I'm so happy you're here. Like Dodgers, we finally got a stud. Like, I'm so hyped you're finally here. Like, let me know if you need anything. And like, I'm pretty sure Manny asked Kobe like for his blessing can I wear number eight and Kobe's like what the fuck you don't need to ask me twice (laughs) obviously put that shit on right now and so it's just what he's done for the city of LA as a whole like Dodgers specifically like I I just remember 2017 uh World Series I believe it was game six they're paying to Kobe uh and yeah, he, he was sitting dugout club, but like every time he's on camera, he's like, get the shit off me. Like we're watching Dodger baseball here. Like the, this is like, why the fuck are you panning to me? Like who the fuck cares? And I just love that mentality out of Kobe. It's the mama mentality. We all know it, but losing is not an option for him. Uh, like that, that's just one thing you just got to fucking respect out of Kobe, whether you hate him or not. Like his attitude and approach towards both sports and just everything else is just second to none. And that, that body armor investment, finance bros, you you want to do some real studying, go look that one up. Uh, But okay. Uh, Yeah. You know what? 
you never, you never, never need to apologize for a quick Kobe shout out. Never, never need to. No, no apologies. There, hey, hey, okay. you know, you know, anybody who's listened to this podcast for a long time knows how big of a Kobe stand I am. As I have stated, what what did I say? Like second best player all or third best player all time? I think I, I had him behind. You've certainly, uh, yeah, no, no, you definitely. I've said had him up there. Player of all time. You I know, think, I like yep. to try to strip myself of some biases here. Uh, I, I hate I, to I admit it. I embrace ever. it. I hate to admit it, but like Kobe's not even the greatest Laker ever. Uh, so like. There's a lot no, of that's a debate for into. another day, but you know, I will argue that till the day I die. I, there's just like, there's a lot of things we got to dive into. Just who, 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 who's the greatest Laker of all time? I would say it's probably magic. Okay. I thought you were going to go off and be like, Hey, it's Jerry West. No, no. no now, Hey, Hey, greatest person with the Lakers organization. of all Whoa, time. No. <laughs> Worst <laughs> player ever with the Lakers organization, Jerry West. Uh, but but everything else that you he's could done say for the Kareem Lakers too. But I mean Kareem. Hey, but I mean overall, the most Milwaukee influential, Park. impactful player for the Lakers overall across everything probably is Jerry West, considering he did get Kobe, fucking Brian, and and Magic. So yeah, I, I like I I'm just trying to think of a like I had this debate the other day. I don't, I don't want to get into this too long, but um in a way Michael Jordan kind of ruined the NBA because basketball went from like Showtime Lakers. 80 Celtics that I mean it, the few clips I've seen that ball is fucking moving all right they are passing that shit everybody's touching the ball twice before a shot goes up that ball movement is unreal the second Michael Jordan rolls around it was like fuck your teammates give the ball to Michael everyone get the fuck out of the way and let him shoot and it yeah, just went to iso shoots, basketball like and- when Steve Kerr shoots oh that's a uh- there's a conversation in the locker room afterwards. Yeah, well, MJ's going to punch him in the face if he ever shoots again, <laughs> uh, which has happened multiple times. Uh, but, like, in a way, Michael Jordan ruined the NBA because it just went to ISO basketball. Kobe, I mean, it's very well documented. Like, on his literal scouting combine, it's like positives, great at finding his own shot, uber competitive, negatives, hates his teammates, and, like, uh, like not a great passer. And it's like, there could not have been a more accurate scouting uh, fucking report of all time on a player. But yeah, the NBA kind of got ruined going to ISO ball. Like in a way, Steph actually might've saved it because now with the three point shots, there's actually passing involved in the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's actually some strategy rather than shoving it to one guy and just letting them do whatever. I'll be honest, there's nothing more boring than early 2000s nba where it's just like just fucking give the ball to Allen iverson let him do no i I did enjoy watching early mid to late 2000s nba way more than anything now i mean like hey i'll be i enjoyed that there was a season where kobe was averaging like 37 points shooting like 37 shots a game it's like um, we gotta change did he uh did he win robbed him yeah yeah steve nash (laughs) robbed him that year uh but it's like that's the type of basketball, and I don't think the I think the Lakers were struggling to be 500 that season. So it's like we we gotta change. We gotta change. Was uh, that the uh, was that the Chris Paul de- decline trade year? It was that year, mm-hmm. motherfucker. I'm just saying, in, in the in the grand scheme of things, it's okay we didn't cre- get Chris Paul because we got Powell. We did two Pete anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, you put Chris Paul on the team and Kobe's doing that shit that year. Like, oh my God. You just got to think though, like the NBA, David Stern back then was willing to 
override it. Like, like if a trade he deemed to be too unfair, like well, he didn't deem that he, the owner said this is bullshit. And then well, he, yeah, yeah. By nature, it's Dave and Sir representing the owners, but it's like they. I don't think like if the NFL owners like revolted. Like I'm, I can't even think of an example recently that would be like a game breaking trade. Like fuck, I don't know. Like if. I, I was most say, of the like, time trade Micah the, Parsons of the night. Mo, most of the time like it's, it's the players just vetoing it themselves. Uh, I e Gronk saying, I do not want to fucking go to Detroit, but that's um, also just one of the greatest <laughs> stories ever. They're like, okay, we're going to trade Detroit right. Gronk. He's like, um, I'm retired. I'm, uh, I'm retired. I'm gone. What the fuck uh, are you talking right, about? College basketball, college basketball. Okay. College basketball. This could be a quick one. Uh, I was surprised how well the last, how are you still in college? College basketball listed? Well, those are the old guys. So this time we're going to be going over the notable names. All right. I, I, I just want it on record. I, I am literally the same age as a good amount of players. I'm about to list. Okay. It, it, this isn't necessarily a, how are you still in college, but a more so like, Oh shit, you're still like at the top of college basketball. You're still playing. I kind of thought you'd be in the NBA by now, considering how well you've been playing the past couple of years. So we're not calling out age specifically. I've just, more so in the era of one and done college basketball. It's just kind of shocking to see these guys stay around for a long time, but here we go. Uh, you knew you weren't safe from this starting off hot with the North Carolina duo Armando Baycott and RJ Davis. They are still there coming off of their, uh, I believe two seasons ago when they were going up against Palo in the national or in the final four and losing the national championship game. We got Boo Bowie out of Northwestern going into year five. We got Keon Brooks, former Kentucky Wildcat legend, still at Washington, still playing. We got Boogie Ellis out of USC, the former Memphis player. He is still playing for the USC Trojans. We got Hunter Dickinson, formerly from Michigan, now playing for Kansas. We got Caleb Love, would have been playing at Michigan, but unfortunately the admissions team denied him. He will be playing at Arizona this year. And finally, we have Max Acemas. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. The former Oral Roberts legend who bounced a two-seed Ohio State team a couple of seasons ago. He is still playing, but now he has transferred to Texas. He'll be playing for Shaka Smart. So that is the college basketball. How are you still in college? College basketball list. I know, I know I included some fourth year seniors on that list. I know I'm probably, probably older than Caleb Love or Hunter Dickinson, probably one of them. I know, but still, this is just pointing out like what the hell I remember you guys dominating for years. So that's more so the fun fact. And uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break real quick with a message from our sponsor. All right. We are back after that message from our sponsors. Thank you so much, friends over at, uh, better help thank you guys so much for that uh but okay nfl time ever um okay yeah so sorry i like kind of fell asleep during the no worries the intermission. no worries yeah no worries. Uh, okay yeah so just talk about the vikings a little bit first things first i don't know if you saw this clip of jake browning after the game or if it was just a vikings twitter thing but there's a clip of him going around where he's yelling into a camera being like Hey, you shouldn't have fucking cut me because the Vikings cut him and now he's doing well in the Bengals. Um, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, like, like he's all he's all hyped about it, right? He beat the Vikings. Um, if you get cut by a team, it's not the team's fault for cutting you. It means you were so fucking bad that they had better players than you on the true. team. Yeah, true. And if you can't beat out Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond, Sean Mannion is an elite quarterback. So, all right, shut the fuck up now. 
Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond for a backup spot. Kellen Mond, heart of a lion. Shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> He's a no. warrior. <laughs> He's got the heart of a lion, but an arm of a fucking dolphin. All right? Yeah, that heart of a lion, noodle. physical ability of a fucking uh, noodle, a little chicken. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you lose to both of them, that's on you, bro. Don't be, and also 95% of the staff that was part of that is no longer here. So who, I don't know who the fuck you're calling out right now, besides like a logo, right? You're calling out the mascot right now. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, all right. Here's now, people take out anger in their own ways. Okay. It's not even anger. Like he's trying to hype himself up being like, Hey, like I just fucking like this was a revenge game. Dude, I call the fuck your your revenge game is against our mascot because he's the only remaining dude on staff, essentially. 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 Yeah. Uh okay. So talking about the game itself. Kellen Mond, not Kellen Mond. This that's the performance has me thinking of Kellen Mond. But Nick Nick Mullins. Mullins, Yeah. Nick Mullins should have had probably about four picks that game. Um how many did he actually have though? Two. Too. Some of the he threw the ball. He was trying to throw it away. He also had the sacked. greatest throw in the history of the NFL. He he, he was trying immediately to, after arguably the worst throw in the history of the NFL. He had the greatest throw in the history of the yeah, NFL. He was trying to throw the ball away during a sack and threw it into the dude who was sacking him's face, and it turned into a pick. And then afterwards, he was like, "No, I was throwing it forward, throwing it forward." I'm like, "Dude, it doesn't matter if you're throwing it forward or not. The ball is on top of him. So either it's a fumble and they got it, or it's a forward pass and they got it. There's no getting out of this." So here's the deal: one, I still think Jaron Hall needs to get a shot after that shit. Like, it was he's not concussed anymore, correct? Like he is cleared. Got it. He's okay. been cleared. He looked good the first drive. And yeah, it's a small sample size, but it's, it's been a small sample size than anybody. If, if it looked good in a small sample size, at least let him try. You got Nick Mullins there. You can come out and do whatever the fuck, right? We've seen what Nick Mullins can do. We, we have not seen what Jaron Hall can do. And maybe Jaron Hall is going to be that little extra little bit. He's the unknown factor. He could be fucking Brock Purdy for all we know. Who he could be your after- Taylor Heineke. He could he he came in. Brock Purdy came in after the other first two quarterbacks got hurt, and is now the starter for the 49ers. Maybe Jaron Hall can be that. Like you don't know until you see it. So why don't we see? <laughs> it, all right, we've seen that that the pastor not his head's in outer space. All right, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on during the game. Nick Mullins can only is horrible decision making. Jaron Hall's looked good when he's been playing. Why don't we let? Why don't we see? All right, Nick Mullins is going to start this next game. That's already been announced, but I think that it would be a disservice to not see what Jaron Hall can do. The other thing is, we've been saying it all year, Ty Chandler should be the RB1 for the Vikings. He's gotten the first chance to show what he can do as an RB1. He is the only rusher this season to have over 100 yards in their running back department. He also, by the way, has more touchdowns than Alexander Madison has had all season because Alexander Madison has zero. So, I don't know. You I tell didn't know me. that. I didn't know that. Seems like that has changed my back. whole. Who seems like the better running back to you? I get it. I get it. The whole argument is he's not as good in pass, bro. I understand that. But one, that's a place that you can learn. And two, guess what the magical thing about football is? You can sub players out. So he doesn't well, I have get to be that. The, I can understand that. I, I understand. I understand. Strategically, yeah. Are you giving away the play? Sure, but does it need to be 70% Alexander Madison, 30% Ty Chandler? No. At a bare minimum, it should be 50-50. Outside of that, it rotated so it still works strategically, but like, shit. 
Ty Chandler should be in the majority of snaps. I now, mean, I don't know if Ty Chandler can catch. Uh, he can. He can. He catches on four targets, 25 yards. Like, you know, obviously sometimes you need that running back blocking. But, but that's the other thing is he, he can do well. He can do well kind of screen check down game where Madison can't really do that. Uh, the other thing is the defense played pretty well throughout the first half of the game. Second half, total collapse. There was a couple fluke plays, i.e. Uh, T. Higgins stretching his arm fucking four feet across the end zone to get a touchdown. Um, but the, the corners, like the secondary did not play well. Byron Murphy got his ass waxed on one of those plays. Um, didn't look good, all right? That needs to be solidified. That's whatever. It was it's a bad game. But for anybody also, by the way, on Vikings Twitter, hashtag fire KOC was trending on Twitter after the game. And if you legitimately think that Kevin O'Connell should be fired after that, and for the fact that he's, you know, maybe he's had some calls that has lost us some games. If you legitimately think that means he should be fired, you are a fucking stupid fan. That is unbelievably in- incoherent. Like I, I physically co- don't understand that because anytime you see any adversity in anything, if you're like the first thing is, all right, fire that guy, bench that guy. Like we got to cut that guy. That's like me when I play Madden and I get sacked seven times and immediately go and cut my right guard. All right. Like it, it's a stupid idea. All right. Yeah, Grant actually, knows yeah, that was a great from comparison. my experience. Exactly. He'll see me go. I'll get sacked seven times. I go and trade for a 98 overall right guard. It, it just, it doesn't make sense. All right. So. And then I still get sacked like five times, but if you're saying you should fight like one Kevin O'Connell is still what 20 and 11 overall with a team rebuilding. He's had, he's had four different quarterbacks start this season. Kirk cousins has been out for the last essentially two months, month and a half. Justin Jefferson has not played for half, if not more of the season. We've had guys injured on the O-line guys injured on defense. He's working with literal fucking sticks and bandages right now. And he's winning games. We're at 500. If you think that any other coach is going to be able to do any better with that situation, I suggest you go find a new fan base because it doesn't exist. Go, go be a fan of the XFL. Maybe it works there. All right. But it does not happen in the NFL. The only time it happened, the only time people are explaining this is because they see what case kingdom happened. That was a fluke year. All right. We all love case, but it does not happen normally. All right. Like, does not happen normally. I, I'm so, so I'm so sorry, Case. You, you caught a stray on this episode. No, there's uh, no stray. There's no stray. <laughs> not a stray at all. I said we all love Case. <laughs> like, but like the performance that happened, you do not like that's a once in a blue moon kind of ordeal that you see come out of a backup quarterback. Same thing with Brock Purdy. Like, technically, you can argue that too, but it, it doesn't happen. Okay. And for the fact, like with, with Nick Mullins too, fucking um. It's like that, that meme right now. Uh, Damn, ham. Uh, that one. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> um, immediately what I thought of. Damn, ham, the, the ham sandwich. <laughs> Damn, man. Um, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan went, I think, five and eight with with Nick Mullins. Like, let's, and he's considered one of the greatest offensive play callers of, of the generation. So let's calm down. Okay. Um, but that's that's where we're at right now. Oh, yeah. All right. Ending this off, we'll we'll wrap this up. Don't have don't have don't have too much to say. It's all I got two lists before we end. Too. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. The first step to progression has been completed. Salvation. For the yes, yeah, salvation for the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. Brandon Staley, we all know, needed to be fired. Okay, that was a given. We all knew that he should have been fired going into the season. In my opinion, he should have been fired going into last season for his blunder at the end of the year with the Raiders and the whole tie situation should have been fired after that. But in my opinion, 
General Manager Tom Telesco was the bigger problem. Getting rid of him is... Uh, breaking news, breaking news. Jalen Hurts has arrived to uh, the stadium in Michael Jordan gear uh, with uh, reports that, that he has the flu. Um, so I read a report that he is playing tonight. And Yes, and he came wearing Michael Jordan gear. Flu game. Flu game incoming. So it looks like I'll have to dive in tonight or... Yeah, I'll have to dive into it later. How much did Jalen Hurts drink last night? Which bar was he at? How hungover is he right now? Because that's what that actually means. We all was know was he MJ in was, Las Vegas. We know. I mean, if anyone if anyone believes the fucking thirty for thirty last dance on Michael Jordan claiming he had pizza the night before, you're crazy. You're you are crazy if you believe that. Oh, he had pizza, but some other stuff with the pizza. <laughs> Pizza might have been the code word for, for what, what Michael was pizza, doing that night. He, he washed the pizza down with other things, all right? There was not water. Water was not used there. Yeah, I mean, that and also, like, he, he played minor league baseball for a year because he was silently suspended because of his gambling addiction. That, that, that's what actually happened. But all right, it's, it's all right, folks. We can worry about that a different day. Okay, yeah, but Telesco is the bigger problem. Get, getting rid of him is the true, the, the true win here. That that's like an actual rejoice moment. Now the final, the final dagger nail in the coffin, you could say, is if the Spano family sold the team. Uh, that would be the true. Oh my God, we actually have a little so, bit of hope now. I, I don't that's know how happen. much you've looked uh, into it. I don't know how much you've looked into it, but your ideal GM coach pairing. What what do you think? Uh, I have not speculated I've seen different. I've seen people being like, all. I've seen people be like, Hey, I, we want Bill Belichick, which by the way, I would absolutely not want. Fucking I don't think Bill I'm Belichick. exactly advising I've that seen, movie. Either. I've seen people be like, Hey, Bill Belichick, he'll be GM and, and head coach. I've seen, I don't really people, know GMs. Some, I'll, I'll, some, some people have research. talked about, uh, the Eagles have a guy, uh, in their, their, uh, department for GM. Uh, obviously we've seen Jim Harbaugh, uh, come up on there. Uh, I mean, some other, I would love Harbaugh like, to be my um, coach. I just we talked. To, we talked about um, so. the Texans OC. Uh, you talked about previously how you wanted him to be your OC uh, last year. I got to um, dive into my 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 stuff from last season on coaching. Uh, Bobby Slowick. Bobby Slowick is. A, I is would a head not coach want Kellen same, Moore to be head coach. Same thing with. Uh, well, by the way, he didn't want to be your interim head coach because he didn't want to hurt his chances at becoming a head coach. Which, Shit, I don't not, blame you, that's dog. A red, that's Wait, a red I, flag. That's a, that's well, a massive red flag. I don't flag. want it. I mean, I don't blame him at all. I mean, if he, what, went 0-3 to end the year as interim coach, I mean, that one, that one looks great for him. Um, I'm also just, I don't fucking really care much for Kellen Moore keeping him. Like, Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I just, think just you need a honest. Whole, you like, need it's a brand not like new, Kellen Moore's you want, like. You want a brand new staff. Yeah. And the other thing, by the way, Cowboys offenses look pretty good this year without him. It's looked better without him. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But I, I, I mean, like the Lions OC is a name to watch too. He, he's getting recognized. Eric Bieniemy uh, might be somebody too. So, options. I, like, we got options. I, I'll need to dive into it. Like, if I were to take anyone right now, I'd pick Harbaugh. But I'm assuming that's not going to be available. Is Bill Belichick even in like a top five? Like. I feel like he's just got to be in the top five, but I, I don't Urban want, Meyer. I just, <laughs> I just don't want, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it could be a good thing, but I, 
It's a win-win like for Bill's you, Jim, if Jim shows up to uh, to LA. It's Kill two birds with one stone. Yes. That'll be the that best day of your life. Now. Yes. That'd be a miracle. Beats beats whatever day you get married. Nah, Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers. Best day oh, of your life. a thousand percent. The fuck? My marriage day is way down that list compared to that. Kid's <laughs> birth, way down the list compared to that. Are you kidding me? You kidding me? And that 2014 Natty is definitely above both of those things. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it'll, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, what happens there? I, I, they are massively over the cap. So here's the deal. Like we've talked about, I, we, we have done a list about what would be the most, like the best head coach openings from a, a talent perspective, from a quarterback perspective, the chargers are the in location yeah. Chargers are the best, but you know, you got to get in like there. legacy, like franchise. You, you got to like, You got to get in there and you are, you are sell. We are selling. We're getting rid of Joey Bosa. We're getting rid of Khalil Mack, Derwin James. See you later. I fucking hate Derwin James. He's so uh, we're bad. Getting rid of, we're getting rid of Keenan Allen, which by the way, this season helped you even more because he's still in our contract and he did really well. well. Mike Williams. Will take okay. You, you might be trading for a fucking coffee cooler, but, or, uh, 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 you know what his cap hit is machine? next year? Like 18. 35 million. Oh my god. I'm not sure if we can trade him ever. Tom Telesco is fucking Prison. deplorable. <laughs> Guantanamo. Disgusting. He, he, he's, gonna, he's gonna be all fucking strapped up like um Hannibal Lecter from fucking Silence of the Lambs. Actually, seriously, Literally. like, like seriously. write that one down. Like that one might need to send a suggestion to the LAPD. Uh but yeah. <laughs> I like to report fraud. Yeah, I, I have multiple, multiple pieces of evidence too for to support, support this. this. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, all right. So to wrap up, many the episode, counts, many counts of fraud, wrap- bribery, and 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 conspiracy to commit more fraud. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. Oh my god. All right. So to wrap up this episode, we got two lists. We got power rankings, which we haven't done in a minute, and we also have. Best backup quarterbacks for 2023. Uh, the requirements are they must have started one started. game and it started that was the it. year as a backup and then started the year as a backup on the depth chart. So I, we can explain the caveat. Zach Wilson does qualify. Zach Wilson qualifies. Uh, Will Levis qualifies. Oh, yeah. um, uh, we'll say Josh Dobbs does qualify because yeah. he was – a. He was the starter, but he was the backup behind Kyler, who was on yeah, IR, cool. yeah. which was the reason why. Yeah, no, no, and he, he, he counts. He so counts. he's on there. Um, we're going to do power rankings first. We'll go 10 to 1 here. Texans, Jaguars, Chiefs, Bills, Lions, Eagles, Cowboys, Dolphins, Ravens, 49ers. Yeah, I was just thinking the other day, it appears as if, we might be getting a Harbaugh Bowl rematch this year. At least that's what people are kind of thinking are the two top teams right now uh, in the Niners and the Ravens. I was just genuinely just trying to wrap my head around it this morning. Yeah, I'd, I'd pick the Ravens to win the AFC right now, and I just really couldn't imagine Dolphins, myself saying that. If Tyreek Hill, Hill and Waddle both stay healthy... The Dolphins could still do it. They've yeah. had a hard, a hard time versus teams above that are, that are good. But if they figure it out, which teams tend to, they're giving the Ravens a run for their money, and they're only one game, I think, behind them uh, record-wise. So 
that home field advantage will be crucial. If yeah. the Ravens can I, keep the, that, the, the game difference lead, between then... playing in the cold and in the warm for the Dolphins is pretty big. So uh, it, it it will be massive. And also, I mean, playoff playoff ball for the Ravens also with Lamar has never been easy. They've not done well in the playoffs with Lamar. So my joke has always been: if they are ever down, the game's over. They can't. Come and back. I will also say, honestly, looking at this, like the AFC this year for the playoff teams is arguably the most competitive thing that we'll see that we have seen Texans are in there right now. Texans are, I would say, I, I think that I would expect that the Texans to be able to beat the Jaguars. So when you go in post, maybe put the Texans above the Jaguars, nine um, out of the 16 AFC teams are over 500. Yeah. Maybe put the Texans, maybe put the Texans above Jaguars in post. Cause I'm thinking about this now. Um, but Chiefs never count out Patrick Mahomes unless yeah, Kadarius Tony's not. on the field, in which case count him out. Count him out. Yes, count him out. <laughs> count him out. Get that thing going. Count him out if Kadarius is uh, playing. Count him out. Bills just fucking massacred the Cowboys. Didn't expect that. You did. I didn't. Uh, Dolphins are good. Ravens are good. Browns somehow are there with Joe Flacco. I, I don't understand that. Um, but yeah. Okay. Backup quarterback. So just in case you, you're including this part, all right, the way this list is working is they have to have started as a backup quarterback on the death chart. That means behind a player on IR, just behind a player in general. And they also had need to have started one game minimum. Here we go. 10 to 1. Taylor Heineke, Easton Stick. I really hope you just use a picture of a fucking hockey stick there. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, the Pastronaut. Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, Jake Browning, Tommy Cutlets, Gardner Minshew, and Will Levis. Yeah, also for Tommy DeVito, I think I'm just going to put a picture of his agent. Uh, I'm not putting Tommy DeVito on there. (laughs) (laughs) just going to be his agent. Like that guy, wow. He is a national treasure, okay? We need to keep that man safe at all costs. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit difficult with, with the way, like, look, Josh Dobbs had two great games outside of that. He was asked and O'Connell had one great game outside of that. He's been not great. Easton stick. Well, it was garbage time, but he didn't do bad. Taylor Heineke has been hurt, but he was good. The one game that he was starting in. Uh, so. Yeah. I think we could all just agree. Gardner is one, uh, the Colts. I believe uh, Will Levis is one. Oh, wow. Okay. I think about that. I think, I think Gardner might earn that, but that's all right. Hey, hey, when we were doing this before, you said Will Levis won. So Will Levis was one. But if in post, you decide, hey, Gardner gets that one nod, you know, you can move it around. I'll I'll give you that authority. I I just feel as if the Gardner Minshew situation, like coming into this season, he was truly under the impression he wasn't. I'll fix, I'll fix this for you too. Ready? And Gardner Minshew. So now thank you. you. That was you need that it. was all I now needed. That was actually all I need. You need wait, the and. You wait, but there might the be an and, and. There might be an and on. Well, no, because because you cut it out. I can cut it out. Cut it. But It'll I'm just talking your cadence. It's all right. Will Levis. We'll figure it out. Thank you. Will, one more time. Will Levis. Will. <clears throat> Will Levis. Will Levis. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. We got. Will it. Levis. We got it. Will Levis. It's done. It's done. It's in okay. The past. You can. All right. Well, with that, thank you guys so much for watching, listening, raise five stars. You can find us on Spotify, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, and on Instagram at Waterboy Pod. Follow me and Grant on Twitter at Everstation at Waterboy Grant. We post new TikToks uh, every 
Tuesday to Sunday, depending on what the deal is. Uh, so make sure you follow us there. You don't want to miss any of that. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, so you won't miss any episodes. Post new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Like I said, subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss any of that. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Waterboys out.